0: Welcome back to podcast. I'm Cass and every week I bring you another guest who tells us their story and gives us any tips to combat the shit that life loves to throw our way. This week, I haven't been so great. I've had burnout, trying to juggle a lot of different factors, which a lot of us do. And... It made me ill and I had to take time out to get myself back to a healthy state. And during times where I'm burnt out or I'm ill, I'm always wary that it will trigger another dark cloud. You've heard me talk about it before. I do tell everyone if they ask about my depression and anxiety and I call them dark clouds because Although there's shit to be under them, they will pass and one day you will get back to the light and mental health is a very strong point for me. I'm podcasting because I want to reach people that may feel they don't have anyone else to listen to them. I want to reach those people and tell them they are not alone. I'm trying to help in any way that I can to show it's okay to feel blue. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to feel nothing. It's okay to be numb. It will pass. But the one thing that I am most sure of is that you are not alone because you have me. So I'm going to put a trigger warning into this because there are some topics that may not be suitable for people who are sensitive to depression and suicide so it's there in case this episode is not for you but if this is resonating with you I hope this helps I hope you enjoy how we word things and I hope that it helps somebody to get through at least one more day. My guest this week is a truly amazing man. It's Dan McPherson. Hi, Dan.
1: Well, hello.
0: Dan is, get this, a calm and clarity coach, which I personally love because I'm always striving for some calm and clarity. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that, Dan?
1: Sure. First, I'll say that anybody who's known me for more than five or 10 years is probably laughing right now because when they hear, when they hear the, the term calm and associated with me, they're, they're wondering what <laughs> happened to this guy. I, I, what I have found is that most of us really want two things. We want to feel calm And we want to have clarity about our next steps. And as I looked at all the clients that I've worked with, as I looked at the people that I meet when I travel and speak, I found that to be true. And I also found that that I would naturally help them with those two things. I would help them get out of their anxiety, out of the storm, out of the whirlwind to this space where they could both feel calm and then become the calm eventually. And then secondly, that, we would talk about a lot of different things, but it would always come down to what is the next thing that I do? What is the thing that I do or the next couple of things that I do that help me get where I want to go? And when you have those two things, you win in a really significant way. And it is the beginning of the only equation that I find that matters for most of us, which is this, that the only path to true success is calm clarity and focus
0: and that is a hell yeah from me because i struggle so much to calm my mind to give me clarity and the amount of times that i'm not focused on anything i'm just trying to get a zillion things done at the same time and you just end up frazzled you just you don't know where to go
1: yeah, it, it happens that way. And there, there's an analogy that I use with uh, most of the groups that I speak with. And I'm glad to share it if you like. It involves some fires and standing on a hill. So it's a fun <laughs> little visual.
0: Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: So if you picture yourself for a moment, this, this explains why we struggle with focus. This explains what happens when we struggle with focus. If you picture yourself standing on a hill in the darkness, and you're, you're on top of that hill, and you're surrounded by a bunch of little fires. And these fires, they represent your opportunities, the things that you could do, your options, the tasks, the requirements, all of the things that you've got coming around you. Next to you is a bucket filled with water. And that water represents all of the resources that you have, the time, the money, the opportunity, all the things that you could pour on those tasks. Well, what most of us do is we look around and we say, oh, cool, I've got all these things. Oh, look, in my pocket, here's a teaspoon. And we pull out our teaspoon and we pick up a little bit of water in the teaspoon and we walk over to a fire and we dump it on the fire. Well, when you put a teaspoon of water on a fire, it doesn't put it out. It just kind of sizzles and creates some steam. Right. And so we do that. But then what we'll do is we'll do that to every single fire. And then we will proudly hold our teaspoon up and we say, I've got it all under control. I did it because I did something about everything. The problem is we really didn't do anything about anything, right? It's like the old TV shows, the late night TV shows where the guys would spin the plates and eventually the plates fall to the ground. What happens is more fires come. The fires that are there don't get smaller. They actually get bigger and eventually you get overwhelmed by the fire. And that's when you end up sitting on the floor crying and sad and, and overwhelmed. I know because I've been there. I've been rocking back and forth in my chair. I was leading 2000 people and I was just completely overwhelmed. Why? Why? because I tried to do all the things and I hadn't really learned how to deal with that, the true answer. And we don't like this true answer, even though it sounds easy, it's not, but we don't like the sacrifice that comes with it. The true answer is that we throw that teaspoon away. We look around at all the fires and we ask which one of these fires, if I put it out, would make the others either easier or go away. We look down at that bucket. We pick it up. We kind of bend our legs because it's a little heavy. We (laughs) walk over to the fire and we dump the entire bucket of water on that one fire. Now, some of the water will roll down to a few others. Uh, The one that we poured it on will go out and we'll start making a little bit of a path. Like a video game, that bucket refills. And then we look around and we do that again and we do that again. And that sounds great, right? That's because, wow, I got some fires put out. And eventually, in fact, by doing that over and over, I will get control of the fires. Instead of them controlling me, I will find my calm. Sounds familiar, right? And so we do that. The problem is, why don't we do it? Well, we don't do it because we, as humans, do not like to let, other, let the fires burn. Nope. And the only way to this is to make other people unhappy. You, you cannot accomplish this and be a people pleaser. Yep. You, can't, you cannot accomplish this and get everything done. It doesn't work that way. So you have to be willing to let the others burn to not deal with a bunch of the stuff in your life until you have manifested that control.
0: And funnily enough, so you don't get burnout, which is something that I have struggled with in the past, is I've tried to get everything done. I've tried to keep everybody happy. I have tried to do so many things in the same amount of time that it's taking one person to do one thing. And yet I'm the one that ends up frazzled out, pulling my hair out, crying.
1: I love that call-out. One, one of the examples that I use with a lot, a lot of my clients when they're struggling with this, which everybody struggles with this. Let's, let's be clear, guys, <laughs> that, that everybody, myself included, for, for damn sure, I, I, I absolutely struggle with this. Yeah. But what the math is on the side of doing what I just said as well. Yeah. Let's say that you have five tasks, all of which t- will take you about a week of effort. If you do all five of them at once, because of your task switching costs, because of the time it takes to go between them, on average, you will get all of them done in 10 weeks. Now, what's interesting is that means you have not one of them done until 10 weeks later. And yeah. if you're perfectly disciplined, they'll all get done 10 weeks later. Whereas if you focus on them consecutively instead of concurrently, you will get one done in a week. So you have the first one done one week later, and they're all done in five. So by yeah. doing them all at once, not only do you cause yourself some initial problems long-term, you're costing yourself two to three times the amount of time.
0: And not only that, you're going to be a nightmare for your colleagues because. You're frazzled, you're burnt out, you're snappy, and you're not you a become pleasure to work that with.
1: Nightmare, but yeah. they but your colleagues will encourage you to do all the things. Why? Because each one of them wants you to do a different one of them. Yep. And this is the this is where it gets hard, is that we have to be willing to make other people unhappy for a while.
0: <laughs> and it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable. It is, it's feeling. really uncomfortable. But the best things come to those that. Uh, willing to be uncomfortable for a time.
1: Yes and and look, if you do this path for a little while and you do this cycle where oh I did this one and I put all my focus into it and imagine how much better by the way you feel when you're <laughs> able to just truly focus on something and get it done, it's yep. amazing. But if you do this cycle a few times and you start getting control of all of it, now you are making everyone else happy by not because you're trying to make them happy, but because you're doing this in a way that you're you're exuding calm. You are, you have control of the spaces. When someone comes in, you can make a decision and they ask you to do something. You can make a decision of, Hey, is it a hell yes or a no? So do I want to do this or do I not? But also if this comes in, what else goes out? One thing that we miss is that we use all 24 hours in a day, no matter what we're doing. And what happens is we get asked to do something. And if we don't decide what goes out, something gets shoved out. So I, when I teach time effectiveness, not time management, my new time effectiveness. Yeah. When I When I teach that, one of the things that I remind people is always choose what goes out. It's like the old retail thing. You send a new product to a store, they don't just shove it on a shelf. They say, okay, what comes off the shelf? Because the shelves were full. Our lives yeah. are full. And if you don't choose what comes off, you will lose.
0: And that I really, really, really understand because being a mom... Being, you know, I have a job, I have podcasting. I have to make my time as effective as possible so that I'm not in the corner crying because I can't do everything.
1: We don't want you in the corner crying. Absolutely. (laughs) And what... Part of what we miss is that sometimes the thing that we're choosing is I will get one hour less of rest or I will get one hour. I will not go to meet for lunch with somebody, whatever it may be. And there are a lot of principles that help you make these time effectiveness decisions. But what happens when we don't make it as a conscious decision is that something almost randomly will get shoved out. And usually it's not what you would have chosen to get shoved out. Yeah. Plus, you get the possibility of burnout that you talk about.
0: Exactly. And then one thing that I always struggle with is when I'm experiencing burnout, that can then lead to my dark clouds of depression and anxiety. And then I'm now combating that on top of my workload. On top of feeling burnt out on t- and then I feel sick right. and I can get ill.
1: And it can lead to some dark places. You're you're very right. You get to this spot where you're letting people down. Yeah. Not not intentionally, but because you just can't do it all. Yeah. And then you feel less than and you start doubting, and you're just like, oh man, it's overwhelming. I can't do it. And it becomes this point of negativity it becomes this this inward downward spiral rather than an upward outward life
0: yeah it is and you go into a dark space you don't feel like you're doing a good job you don't feel like you are contributing even though you're the one that's probably working the hardest
1: Yes, but working the hardest and being busy is not the same as being productive. Yes. And that took me a long time to get, right? I wore the busy badge, as I like to call it, yep. for a lot of different years and I would just hold it up proudly. I worked more hours, I did more things. Yep. I was all this until I recognized that being busy is actually a negative and yeah. being productive is a positive. So how can I would rather be productive for 3 hours than busy for 10.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's one thing that I'm super conscious of now is trying to plan out my day so that I can factor in relevant time for me so that I can recharge and I can look after myself. Then I also know what needs accomplishing and how's the best way to get it done without it negatively impacting on me.
1: I love what you said there about planning out your day accounting for you. One of the things that I've had the good fortune to teach for a few of my clients teams is the importance of self care and most people don't do real self-care because they view it as selfish. They view it as, oh no, if I prioritize me, I'm not helping other people. What we miss and one of of the core beliefs that I attack at the beginning of that training is that the most selfish thing you can do is to not do your self-care. Because if you don't take care of you, you're not going to take care of others as effectively, whether you're tired and therefore lose 20% of your effectiveness in actual efficiency or whether you are burning out or whatever it may be. And so the power of doing the things that take care of you Matters. And in fact, when I teach people to build their calendars from scratch and to build it in a specific way, I have them start with a completely blank calendar. And the very first things that they block on there before business, before family, before anything else are the things that are for their mental and emotional health. So their sleep, their exercise and their meals. Yeah. Are, those are the very first things before anything else goes on their calendar that have to be blocked. That's step one.
0: And that's what everybody needs, which is such a simple concept, but yet people don't understand it.
1: I have people that cry when I ask them to do that. No joke. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating even a little bit. I just had somebody do this uh, what two weeks ago. I had another client do it this week, but two weeks ago, I said, "All right, wipe it out." Now the first thing you're going to put on there is this stuff for you, and it was tears. It was. Yeah. It was like I, I can't do that. Like I, I, why would I put myself for? Like it was such a foreign concept, even though it is such as you say a very simple
0: concept as well. It is. And one thing that I found out was when I first started hearing about self-care, because it's become very, very popular lately, and the first thing I thought was, well, you got to book yourself in for a massage and spa <laughs> treatments. Right. I ain't not got time for that. I haven't got the money for that. But then it can be as simple as taking time out to go and have a cup of tea in a quiet room.
1: Yes. It can be as simple as meditating while you go for your walk or just processing. It can be as simple as getting an extra hour of sleep. It does not have to be complicated. And in fact, the vast majority of self-care isn't complicated. It's not what it's been brought up societally to be. And it's also not fluffy nonsense.
0: Yeah. It's not about making yourself look good to feel good. It's about actually making you feel good no matter what.
1: Yes. And look, those other things, they can be fun components of self care, but self care doesn't have to, doesn't have to, and, and often doesn't cost any money. Self care does not have to eat up your time. It often takes very little or a simple repurposing of time you're already using. And one of the little secrets of self care is that self care is driven by intention. Yeah. Not just action. So I can, if I go to sleep with the intent to care for myself, and I and I'm in bed for the same number of hours as I was if I just fall, as if I just fell over exhausted. The result of that sleep is very different, even though the time spent expenditure is exactly the same. And one other note on sleep: since I, I was a bit, I wore my busy badge. I was also a sleep warrior, <laughs> and I I worked 110 hours a week, and then I worked 90 hours a week, and I was like, ah, oh, I get more done than any else and and I slept three to five three to four and a half hours a night I finally got to where it was yeah. four and a half and I was like ah oh, cool I can be on four and a half hours a night and you you lowly humans you need six or eight and then when I left my corporate career to start my company six years ago I decided that I, everybody's been telling me I should sleep more I'm gonna let my body just see what it does and so for a month I, it took my body a month to recover but at the end of that month, I learned that my body wanted to be in bed for seven and a half hours a night. And I was, I was mortified because I'd been in bed for four and a half hours a night for many years. Yep. Here's what's interesting, though. I'm an analyst. I'm a strategist. I'm a numbers guy. So I, <laughs> I got some data. I did a little work. And what I found is I was in bed for three hours more a night, 21 more hours a week. But now I was getting the same amount of work done in 40 hours that I had been getting done in 70. I literally came out nine hours of productivity ahead by being in bed for 21 more hours.
0: That's
1: incredible. isn't
0: Isn't that insane? That's mental.
1: And so that's why now I protect my sleep more. That's why when I do the calendar, the first thing to go on my calendar is my, is my sleep. I guard that time. I, I, I say, I guard my sleep and I do. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm perfect every night. Look, I'm a late night guy. I, I don't yeah. go to bed till one or two, but I also don't get up at five in the morning. Sorry, guys. I'm not part of the <laughs> 5 a.m. glove, uh, but I'll be up at one when you're not, and I'll be working midnight. That's fine. Yeah. But I am in bed on average for about seven, a little over seven hours. I haven't lost that. I sleep. What I really found over as I fine tuned it over time is that my body wants to be asleep for six and a half hours. And so as long as I'm getting six and a half hours an item, my Fitbit will verify that for the last several years, there have only been maybe two weeks that I haven't gotten that I haven't averaged at least that. Yeah. And that is 0% true before. And it's 100% true now. And it's changed my life.
0: Do you know, there was a meme that came out and it really resonated with me because unfortunately, my sleep cycle is not very good at the moment. And it's one thing that I am looking into. And it's, I'm not a morning bird. I'm not a night owl. I'm just a permanently exhausted pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) And that's me at the moment, and that's something that I need to work on because yeah,
1: that's not that's not great. We want to get you <laughs> to be the vibrant, amazing light that you are.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just there going. Yeah, I'm still going. I'm still going. Coffee, coffee.
1: Yeah, I'm, and the thing is, like, I don't drink coffee, so
0: it's well, a challenge you, for I me. I can't have. The extreme coffee. I have to have like a very mild coffee. Oh, I can't believe it.
1: It just tastes horrible to me.
0: See, I've only just got into it. And but if I do have a strong coffee, I look like them um, animated squirrels on <laughs> kids' <laughs> movies.
1: <laughs> now I feel like you need a logo that's an animated squirrel. I feel like that would be <laughs> so appropriate. And well, and 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 even, even more of an affront to my UK friends, I don't drink tea either.
0: Oh, so no. I
1: know, right? I, I probably can't even be on the podcast anymore, if we're honest. Oh, it's just... See,
0: that's it. Right, guys? We're cutting them off. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's, that's <laughs> how that goes. Yeah, no tea, no coffee. And because of a crazy allergy I developed seven years ago, no alcohol. Uh, I So I drink 90% of it is water. And then the other portion is unhealthy sugary soda.
0: <laughs> see, to be honest, tea is my life. You know, I can sort out anything. Tea is with life.
1: Tea. Got it. Yes.
0: Yep. I mean, I keep saying, put me in parliament and with a cup of tea and I'll sort out our country. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee, I, I can take and leave. Um, But to be honest, I'm not that interested in alcohol. The older I'm getting, the less I'm interested in it
1: yeah i was I was never really interested in it because my my father's an alcoholic and i've and I've dealt with alcoholism in my life in a lot of different places and I have an addictive personality so I was always a little careful with it I've been yeah. truly drunk a few times in my life I do also have a very strong liver so it was hard to get me drunk uh. Uh, the, the few times that I was uh, during them I denied passionately that i was drunk by the way but i (laughs) i i have uh i i just was never a heavy drinker yeah and then about i guess it's maybe eight or nine years ago now i went to a restaurant and and had a drink the next week i went to the same restaurant same bartender same drink and they had to call an ambulance and i developed an anaphylactic allergy out of nowhere
0: wow see i'm only i'm less than five foot tall so I've got the liver the size of a doll. So <laughs> I'm a cheap date. You give me a little bit of alcohol and that's it. I'm gone. So now, now that I'm a mum as well, oh, hangovers and children do not mix. So See, I, I've just,
1: never had a hangover in my life.
0: Oh. You are so lucky. They're not the nicest of things.
1: No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had plenty of issues. I've had, I mean, heck, just in the last fifteen months alone, I've had three heart attacks. So you know, I've, Jeez. I've, I've got, I've got a plenty of a stack of issues. I would trade a hangover for these, <laughs> yeah, in, a, a willingly. But and it is. You were uh, also
0: telling me as well that you also put out a podcast episode and was putting out on your social medias after your stays in the hospital.
1: Yeah. The day, the day after the day I got home or the day after I got home, the last one I did the day, the day I got home, I actually did it that night. The others were the day after, I think.
0: That's crazy. But you do like to tell people what's going on in the middle of it to give hope.
1: I do. I I believe a couple of things. I believe, first of all, that our story is the only unique thing we have in the world. I believe it's by far the most powerful. And I believe that when we share the good and the bad, which a lot of people will get to, that it's helpful. But when yeah. we share the ugly, when we share those deep things that are that we struggle with, that it transforms lives. And the the part that comes from that is i believe when you share from in the middle before things are sorted before yeah. you know how it's going to turn out but when you share when you're when you're in the middle and making choices and being really real that that is an amplifier. I think it's wonderful that people share afterward, after everything is resolved. But if we only do that, it has a certain amount of power, much more than not sharing at all. I encourage everyone, share your story. And a lot of things you can't share in the middle. It's just not practical. I can't go back and share my childhood from the middle. It doesn't really (laughs) work that well. But I know now that if I share in the middle of it, in the middle of having a heart attack, which I I shared and I posted and then I did the podcast before I know what's really going to happen, that then when I come back to it later, the level of impact is so much higher.
0: Well, yeah, because you've shown your vulnerability by showing that you are in the middle of this and you are also giving hope because you're still working through it at that point. You're not done and resolved and everything's fine and now i'm just telling you what i did it's they're seeing that you're struggling at the same time but you are making your way forward and that just gives hope to so many people
1: yeah i think there's a lot of truth to that and how many times have we all heard a speaker or someone on tv or whatever say something and we go well easy for you to say yeah yeah Right. Well, you go, Oh yeah, you're not in the middle of it. You don't know how I feel. You don't know where I'm at. Yeah. And that's why I I I share from in the middle, right? I'm I'm literally sending messages and writing posts from my hospital bed. And there are those who will say, Oh, Dan, you're just an attention whore. You're just looking for this. And and screw you guys. Right. And well, and that's pretty much where I got, right? Like, <laughs> I, I I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin now. I spent most of my life being wrapped up in ego and truly caring what other people thought yeah. and said. In fact, that's a lot of why my my book that's coming out is titled The Unintentional Asshole. Right. Because that's <laughs> that's who I was. And I believe that ego is always a covering for insecurity. Yep. And for, for me, I'm past a lot of that. I'm not saying I'm past everybody' ego, anybody who knows me. I mean, we've all got some, right? <laughs> but I, I focus much more on being who I am. And there are people who would say, Dan, oh, that's for attention. That's for this. That's for that. And what I was really sharing for is that person who was listening, who who was maybe thinking you know, I'm struggling. And that spoke to me and that helps me. And I, and I think of this last one, one of my good friends, and she's a client now as well, who heard me sharing about how I was dealing with the third heart attack in 15 months and the fourth yeah. heart procedure. She saw one of the posts and had been having heart challenges for Months or years, and as a result of that post, finally was was encouraged to get past her fear and to go do something about it. And I say that that one action, that one response is worth a million people telling me that they think it's for some other reason.
0: Exactly. And I think that hearing about it from the middle, it like I said, it gives hope. But if you're hearing it from someone that's past it, you kind of feel like can be a bit condescending like yeah i've already survived it and then you feel like well there's not as much hope as what there is if i see you struggling but still making your way forward and people invest in you more if they see your vulnerability
1: i think that's true i also think that it is when we see someone who is, who is willing to do that, who's willing to say, here's what I stand for, even in the middle of the unknown, it's a lot harder to say, oh, you can't maintain those core values when it's tough. Yeah right? When when I, my number one core value in the world is people matter most in relationships or everything. When I'm laying there in the operating room and messaging people that I care about and talking about the relationships and seeing the evidence of those relationships that matters, or my number two core value is maybe more relevant to this, which is always do what's right even when it's inconvenient. Well, it was really inconvenient for me to say Yes, to a heart procedure or to say to to go in for the fourth time or whatever it may be. It was really inconvenient, but it was right. And that core value allowed me to step through the fear. Yeah. And there is fear. Like, that's the other part, guys. Is is I'm not laying there going, Oh, I'm not afraid. I am just strong and stoic. No, I'm like, look, I feel fear. This is real. Of course. I just had to sign yet another paper saying I could die. Yeah. That's like it, I'm afraid. And I think sometimes just being in the reality of that moment and showing that this is this is true. This is raw. But in the midst of it being raw. If you have core values and understanding, if you've done the work, you can, you can be in that place where you know that there's always light through the darkness and you can step into it.
0: Yeah. And I fully resonate with that because, I mean, when I was a kid, I was a severe asthmatic and it is scary because I would just black out just like that. And next thing I know, I'm waking up in hospital. And the times where I couldn't breathe. And I've got people around me saying, breathe. And I'm like, well, that's all right for you to say. I'm struggling. You know. Right, right. It's not Let's that easy.
1: Breathe. Uh, <laughs> he, oh, sure. Why it? didn't I think of that? Right. <laughs>
0: oh, is that what I was supposed to do? <laughs>
1: right. I, I knew I forgot <laughs> something when I went to school. Yeah, but- that's. Well, and I, I think it's also a little bit... We, t- we were talking about this before. It's a li- you end up in that space where it, it's like someone telling you, run faster or yeah. succeed more. Yeah. Uh, you know, Try harder. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, great.
0: That
1: doesn't do you... That doesn't do anything for you. you. Whatever it is that someone wants you to do, they've got to have a replacement for what you're doing. It's the only way to yeah. get there. And telling you, breathe... Probably wasn't going to work so well.
0: Do you know what actually worked for me?
1: What's for that?
0: Wh- was to get become calm.
1: Wow. <laughs> what do you know?
0: What do you know?
1: <laughs> so my, my family struggles with asthma. Yep. Yeah. And I have worked through that even in the midst of martial arts classes and other yeah. places. And... I find that exact same thing. In fact, I find the majority of ailments in our life, not not all, look, I'm not trying to minimize some of the really significant issues that are out there, but a large percentage of the things in our life resolve hugely easier if we simply... Find our calm. I said one of the things I would say at the beginning of the pandemic is find your calm, become the calm, and be forward-facing. And if we yep. can do those three things, that's really a different version of calm clarity and focus. But if, if we can do those things, we win, right? Because yeah. if we if we get out of the spin of emotion and into a space of objectivity, it's amazing how much changes.
0: And it's true for, I know we were speaking before about depression and anxiety, which is something that my listeners know I go through. I call them my dark clouds because they are shit when I'm under them. But at some point they will pass. And it is so hard to find the calm so that I can become clear. And then I can focus on something other than that mean little bitch that's in my head (laughs) telling me horrible things and trying to drag me down.
1: Have you named that person in your head, by the way?
0: Yeah, I call her Mother Nature.
1: <laughs> so I, I learned it's, it's interesting. It actually led to a whole trip through Asia for me. Speaking, but i I was given a piece of advice. My uh, my ex wife came to me a number of years ago, and she said, "I just read this best piece of advice on Twitter, and I thought, well, Twitter's where you get all the best information." <laughs> Oh, this must be really wise. And like a good husband, I completely ignored it for several years. (laughs) And then when I was struggling a few years later, this piece of advice came back to me. And it was, if you name the little voice in your head, if you actually name it, now you're not yelling at you, you're yelling at it. And so mine's name is Harold. And I actually (laughs) have for for your audience, they won't be able to see it here, but I have a stuffed animal that represents (laughs) Harold. and um. And if you name it, then, and you can say, shut up, Harold, or yes. you can say, and, and let's be clear, Harold's an asshole. All right. right? <laughs> Harold's not a great guy. But if you, but if you see like Harold, it looks really cute until I press this button. And then Harold (laughs) looks like a monster. We have a, we have a feisty pet. Why? Because that voice in our head, it sounds rational, right? It's it's like, Oh yeah. You know, other people are a little better than you and objectively some of them are right. Or, Oh, it's okay that you don't do these things. It's all, it's all this, but it's a liar. It's like, it's telling you all the things that are bad for you. And if I can instead step out and say, shut up, Harold, then it changes the entire dynamic.
0: That is so true. I mean, I've found that it starts off with passive aggressive comments to start with. And then the deeper down into the dark cloud that I get, it just seems to get worse and worse and worse to the point that I shut off and I go numb. And it's not because I'm sad. I'm not depressed because I'm sad because I've got a great life, which then also brings in feelings of why am I so ungrateful for the life that I've got? Why am I feeling this way when I should be grateful for the things that I have? But then that also drags me down. And it is so hard to reignite that that power to get back up and start feeling again.
1: It, it can be. And I, look, I'm someone who has struggled with anxiety and depression all my life. I've survived two suicide attempts, thank goodness. And I have lost almost 150 people that I know to suicide. So I'm no stranger to this struggle. A lot of people have come on my podcast and shared their, their stories about this struggle. And interestingly, every single one of them is infinitely happier that they lived. So yeah. that's there, there's there's a, an important note, and I know you share this note as well. That there is yeah. always light through the darkness. That's important. In the middle of it, I find that a, a couple of things are are true. One is what, what you said. There's gray. There's apathy. There, it's not just sadness and darkness. It's 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 like oppressiveness more than yeah. anything else. And the other is that st- establishing tent poles specific habits helps us get out of it you know it's one thing it's kind of like people say be more grateful well that's (laughs) great but what what does that mean and what that means in in my observation right be more happy (laughs) right but just feel better right that's great you it'll all be fine well yeah in a sense it will but there's there's more to it than that and i encourage people that when you're thinking of anything that you want more of you look and you say well how does that change how does that how does that physically and maybe metaphysically as well but how does that physically change in my world and for me things like gratitude change by changing practical habits every morning i write down three non repetitive things that i'm grateful for and i in several years now i've never repeated and yeah. I, I write them down. It's not just—it's not enough just to say them or think them. I, I've got to write or type them. They have to be non-repetitive. And I do it every single day. And I do it in the morning. And yeah. what happens is for the first two weeks, nothing happens. Here's the secret that people don't like. For the first two weeks or so, absolutely nothing changes. And you're like, yeah. why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. Two and a half weeks in, almost on the button, your brain chemistry changes. Yep. And what you'll find is 12 hours later you're feeling grateful and it's really hard to be grateful and be truly depressed at the same time. Yeah. Not in, not impossible but it's very difficult. It is very easy to wish you were more grateful and to be depressed at the same time. <laughs> but but when we establish tent poles like this that helps us. The other thing that is important is movement, right? Motion trumps emotion. So if we stay in motion physically, so we do exercise, things like that, we're less likely to be trapped. We're less likely to be stuck. And if we are focused upon growth, so just like I do a gratitude exercise in the morning, I do a growth exercise at night and I write down Exactly. Again, write down, same place. This only takes two minutes in the morning and two minutes at night. So for those yeah. of you thinking, oh, this feels heavy. It's not. <laughs> it's literally four minutes a day, maybe five if you're if you're spending extra time. Yeah. But I, at night, I write down, how did I get better? What did I learn? Or how did I move forward in, in my world or my business today? And I write it down. And if I can't think of something, I will read for 15 minutes. I, I keep a book right there just in case. And then I write that down. But it's interesting because Again, two weeks, no impact, two and a half weeks, your brain chemistry changes and you wake up in the morning thinking about going forward, thinking about what am I going to learn. So now, if I'm consistently waking up thinking about how I go forward, and even at the end of the day, I'm grateful, it is and then I'm moving at some point, some form of exercise, physical exercise, I've dealt with mental, emotional, and physical, and it's much harder to stay depressed. In fact, one of the signs that I'm drifting into depression for me is that I lose one or more of those three habits. And so I have a little checklist to be like, did you lose one of those habits? Because if I did, I know I'm at risk.
0: Yeah, I'm exactly the same. If I'm going into the, the cloud and I'm starting to go numb, I will want to stay in bed, pull the cover over my head and just block out the world. But a bed's and, all comfy. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a safe, safe place. It's a comfort and, zone
1: too, right? Yeah.
0: And I want to stay where I feel safe, where I am comfortable, where I don't have to deal with other people and their problems and their feelings right. because I can't even handle my own. So I want to stay somewhere that I'm, I'm in a bubble we exercise the, goes through
1: the roof. I'm no I, right, I, gone. I, bye-bye. Right. Yeah. Oh,
0: like a cartoon. i just
1: just in on myself. We, th- there's a, a version of it that I think of my, my ex-wife and my child are on the autism spectrum. And one of the things we find is that there are triggers that cause them to regress, to go back, to go back several years of development or to go back to an earlier stage. And I, I would posit over the last few years that it seems that depression kind of does the same thing that it did it did its regression but it's regression not necessarily of maturity like yeah. like it often is on the spectrum but regression of of like ability and of connection. Yeah. And so we we pull back from we have we have this expansive social zone we have a pretty wide comfort zone normally and yeah. then as the more depressed we get, the more that we, the more that we regress into where that space is smaller and smaller and smaller until really it's just our bed and a bag of Doritos, and <laughs> it is, and it's a, it's a sad, hard thing, you know. And I'll, I'll joke about it because I think that's important as well. But it's yeah, it's very real. Look, this is, this is a struggle that I face every day. in the In the last month, I have had some. I've been going through a lot in my life, but yeah. I, and, but I have struggled mightily with depression in the last month the difference for me now is that i'm i am i will never be at risk of suicide again so i don't have to worry about that there's no danger but i have been at the level of struggle that i was at when i had my two suicide attempts that's how bad it was yeah 60 days ago and i get that feeling now the 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 other difference that i know now is that i'm never without hope even in the midst of that i know the cycle i know uh, i i know even the tiniest part of objectivity in me knows there is always light it does come through it does cycle there is a space but please know that it, it's important and it's real. And if, if you struggle with this type of stuff, you're not alone. You no. are valid and valuable. It will, it, yes, it will pass, but there are things that you can do to find a little bit of help. And man, you are absolutely loved.
0: I fully agree with that. That's why I call it the dark cloud, because it's not a never ending thing, it's going to pass. You know, all you got to do is look at the weather in the UK, guys. It's raining pretty much all the time here, but it does pass sometimes. And that's what I need to say to remind myself that there is light coming. I'm just not there yet. And it's okay to be in that dark cloud because that's who I am, but not to give up hope. And it's one of my reasons for doing this podcast is to help other people because I don't want anyone to feel alone. I want people to know that there are people like me and Dan who are out there. Um, I also found on your Facebook page that you are forming a foundation to help suicide in the world.
1: I am. It's called light from darkness. We're very early stages because of all the things that have popped up in my life. I've been very early (laughs) stages for about two years now, because as I started to do that, I also developed heart issues and a bunch of other things. We are all the proceeds from my upcoming book are going to help form that foundation. And... There's an initiative that I will be launching soon, which is the Invest in Yourself initiative, which is just a a path for me to be able to help people in a specific way. And part of our giving back will be that 10% of our revenue that comes in from that program will also go to help fight suicide and to to help prevent in a positive and powerful way.
0: Yeah. And I I do want to say to anybody, if you do feel like you are struggling with anything. It doesn't have to be about depression. It can be about anything. Please get in touch with either me or Dan. We are happy to help out. And once the foundation is up and running, I am quite happy to promote that across all my socials, Dan, because it is a very powerful thing that needs to be out there in the world.
1: I appreciate that. It is certainly a passion cause for me. And I'm... I'm very much wrapping it into not just this passion cause that's on the side, but as as you hear, as part and parcel of the business that I do in the world, I, I think it's something that we see as a huge struggle. I believe there's no larger pandemic in the world than the struggle with depression and anxiety. And that it's so important that we do something about it.
0: It is. And I think we need to be more open with our children as well because I know as a kid I struggled with it but because I did have severe asthma as a child I always felt like I was a burden to my family and then when the depression started as I got into becoming a teen you know the hormone changes and then things happen and all of a sudden you're not talking to your parents and you can't tell them how you're feeling and I got into a very, very bad way and I did self harm. And I will never forget the day that, that my dad saw me and how devastated my entire family was because they had no idea what I was going through. But yet I felt guilty because I've now put that on them. Then I have to deal with something that they shouldn't have to deal with because of me, which then fed into the depression. And now as a mom, it is the one thing that terrifies me the most is that my son could one day feel these things that I felt and not know how to talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's very hard. And I remember as a kid, I mean, my, my first suicide attempt was when I was 16 and I didn't tell anybody about it for 20 years. Even the person that saved my life did so unknowingly. Wow. And I held that in and and didn't know what to do with it and struggled with it. And it caused major problems in my marriage and many other things, because I I just didn't have that space. And then when I had my child and I'm committed to being generational change for my child first and for the world and to inspire generational change in the world second. But the, the, the conversations that I've had with Bryce have been so powerful. I remember when she was, much younger maybe 10 or 12 and she came to me and said dad i i it's not that i want to die it's that i don't have any reason to live and it's heartbreaking oh my gosh i i was broken in that in that moment at the same point i was so grateful that i had the relationship with her that she could say that to me and that we could talk about it and she said multiple times since then that those conversations literally saved her life and man if i if i do nothing else in this world i'll take that like like yeah. i can, if 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 that's the end of me and and my next heart attack is tomorrow i will take that as a win and letting her know how valuable she is in this world and that it's that it's okay if she's struggling and that there are paths out and that there are people who love her and that I'm that I'm here and I will support her man I will I'll take that over anything else I could possibly do
0: and it's one thing that I'm so passionate about because I'm an ex child care practitioner I've always worked around children and then I became a mom myself and we do put everything into our children and we need to be conscious of the things that we are putting into them because we're building their future without even realising it. And we were talking about it before. My son came home heartbroken because a child called him weird and he's looking to me for reassurance. And I said, well, you are. And he was devastated. I could see it in his eyes. He was devastated that his own mum had called him weird until I showed him that I'm weird and I'm okay with being weird because that makes me me. And I love the fact that he's weird because that makes him him. And all of a sudden that word didn't have any consequence to him. He was happy to be titled weird. And if that, if I can put these little things into him where he's, happy with how he is he doesn't have to change for anybody and he can you know talk to me about anything then i feel like i've succeeded as a parent
1: yeah i, I agree if we give our children the foundations that they need and yeah. i i teach a lot about the foundations of success usually i'm talking about leadership sales communication time effectiveness strategic thinking and I think that probably applies here as well, but if we can give yeah. them the foundations and the connection to step away from insecurity and to step into a comfort in their own skin and a knowledge that they are accepted and supported, then that's one of the greatest things we can really ever do.
0: Yeah. And to teach them to accept others for being people.
1: Right. People uh, matter most. Relationships are everything. My exactly. number one core value trumps right in there.
0: It's like I'm playing right into his card, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because if we get our children to see beyond skin color, beyond sexual orientation, see beyond anything, to see the person that is stood right in front of them and to accept that person for just who they are. Doesn't that make the
1: world a better place? It absolutely does. And look, to do that, you don't have to agree with everybody. You don't have to nope. agree with that, everything that everybody says. In fact, you're not going to. Here, here's a little secret. You're not going to agree 100% with nope. anybody. Right? It's not going to happen. And if it's with me, if you get to 50%, probably doing pretty well. That's fine. <laughs> but agreement has no correlation to acceptance.
0: true. So I've always been out on the fringe. I've always been on the outside of groups. But I see it as a positive because it's allowed me to just accept people for who they are and chat to a massive amount of people from a variety of places and a variety of backgrounds. And I'm so much better for it.
1: Yeah, I, I would say the same for me. I grew up in a really narrow set of views and not and I don't say that in this hyper negative way, just that I lived in one place and I heard one thing. Yes. Yeah. And now that I literally have friends, actual, actual honest to goodness friends in well over a hundred countries, my perspective is widened and yeah. my my understanding is deepened and the connection that I share is so much richer. And that allows for perspective and support and so many other things that are very positive. I'm grateful for that.
0: And then you're going to pass that on to your daughter, and then she takes it out into the world and it inspires generational change
1: there we are and passing it on to hopefully a million women and creatives and people in the LGBTQ community to help them achieve their dreams. And then they will naturally inspire generational change in the world that then will reduce the bigger problems of society that we face like human trafficking, hunger, poverty, racism. So many times we talk about how do we make change? Well, you make change through people and you make change through generations and you make change through helping those, people achieve their dreams through the generations
0: yep and you accept you don't have to agree but you can accept live and let live i was i was brought up on live and let live
1: yeah there that it is so important to be understanding of others again not to agree and we're not allowing Others to harm others out there. We're not trying no. to not trying to get into that space, but why 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 not pause and recognize that we can have influence, but we can't change others.
0: Yeah, right. Can't control other people, but your actions to them can influence them, and just by accepting someone can massively impact on somebody's life. Yes. Oh, this has been amazing. I am definitely going to be inviting you back on because I think there's so much more we could touch on. I look we just forward don't to have it. Time right now. <laughs> so, Dan, please tell my listeners where they can find you.
1: Well, they can find me on a wide variety of social media platforms. I hang out probably the most on Facebook. And there's a group called Dreams Are Real which is a community that we have been creating. And also that relates to my podcast, Dreams Are Real, where we tell real stories. If you like the stories that you're getting here, you will get that much more of them (laughs) as well there. We take a couple hours. We start with what were your dreams when you were a kid? What were your first memories? What are your dreams now? And what happened in between? And so I encourage that connection. And then candidly, I love people. My number one (laughs) core value, right? People matter most, relationships are everything. So I love to reach out and connect. If there is some way that I can help bring a little, help maybe unlock in your world a little bit of calm and clarity and focus that allows you to gain the momentum you're looking for in life, message me. I would love to help. I've got a lot of different resources, some free, some services, some all of that, but mostly my heart is to serve and support. And I would love to help you take the next step toward your dreams.
0: See, this is why I've got him on the podcast, guys, because he's just as incredible as what he's sounding. So thank,
1: you, thank you, so
0: you so much. And I look forward to chatting to you on another episode.
1: I look forward to it as well. Thank you.
0: I hope you found my conversation with Dan as amazing as I did. He really highlighted things to me that I never knew before even though I've been living with depression for a long, long time I still didn't know things and thanks to him I now do and now there are things I can do to try and help keep it at bay it's never going to go away or at least listening to Dan has given me some coping mechanisms I really 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 hope that if you are struggling you will reach out to either me or Dan or to us both because we are so genuinely wanting to help even if it's just so that you know you're not alone because you're not We, we have been there we do know How it feels, and although our situations may not be the same, we hope we can help. All of Dan's links can be found on my social media pages, which are Facebook at podcast official, and Instagram and TikTok at podcast underscore official. And if you've got a funny or inspiring story to share, I'll tell you what, let's expand on that. If you've got something that you want me to read out, anything at all please email me at officialpodcasts at gmail.com please leave a rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts as this helps my podcast to reach a bigger audience which may help more people you never know but for this week I've chewed your ear off enough watch out for the billy bullshitters watch out for each other you're not alone until the next episode reach out to each other to me, to Dan don't give up